Well, I'm glad you're here today. Uh, if you're joining us online, welcome. We're, we're glad you're finding a way to be a part of this. Um, since May of this year, by the way, my name is Blair and this is Austin. Hi. And since May of this year, uh, we created a special role for Austin to step into. That role was designed for him to be able to start uh, team teaching. So half the time he'll teach, half the time I'll teach. And it was designed, done with this design in mind. We were trying to create a space for Austin to evaluate and to engage in a process where he's trying to determine if God wants him to step into my role um, when I leave. So that's down the ways, down the road a little bit, but he's evaluating that. And so we've, we created a process where he could have the time to do that with um, the leadership team here, our access team, who will ultimately be making that decision about whether that's a right fit or not. And so both of them have to come to that kind of decision. And here's what I can tell you. The process that we had in mind is working right now. There's engagement, there's exploration, there's a lot of good conversations going on, there's, um, but there's no decision and there was never meant to be a decision at this point in the process. That's December and we're, we're gonna wait and let that unfold so that God still has plenty of time to work, lead, direct. Um, and so that's something that you could be praying about. So I, I can tell you, change will be coming to Waypoint eventually. It's not quite here. Although if I were evaluating the last two years, I would tell you our ministry has already changed a lot. Yeah, I mean, and really, that sort of feels like an understatement. Um, given the amount of change that the last two years has brought, not just for Waypoint, but to all of our lives. And right, because it, it's not just about a church, it's not just about the changes that have happened here on staff or as we do ministry and how we do ministry, but like in our lives, in our kids' lives, how, how they've lived the past couple years, in, our, in the way that we interact with our parents and our families, our jobs, our schools, our community, our nation. Again, to say we've been through a lot of change, it's, it's true, but it just doesn't seem to fully grasp what the last couple years have been like. Uh, for many of us, right? Even the way that we get groceries have changed, right? How many of you guys do like gr the pickup now? Anybody do the pickup or have it delivered or have ever? Okay, so maybe one or two of you. Oh, All right. not as many maybe, as I Maybe that was a little bit of a shift, okay? Yeah, it's but here's the deal. Like before 2020, like that wasn't really an option. Like that wasn't even a popular thing to do. And now I think you have more people. It's just more convenient to just kind of, I'm going to order my groceries, you know, on, on my phone and then go to the pickup line and they come out and it's there and it's ready. And I don't have to like, Morgan probably loves that because then I don't buy a bunch of stuff that we don't need. <laughs> As I walk down the aisles, yeah, those Oreos look really good today. Like, I'm a sucker for Oreos. Oh, my goodness. And then I have to get the milk, you know. And then it's just, that's just downhill. It's all downhill. Anyway, besides the point, a lot of this has changed for us. And so before 2020, like, this idea just wasn't popular. There was definitely some early adopters um, of this idea. But for many of us, we still went inside and walked around, okay? And so my point is the past two years have accelerated this idea, and the, the reality is that's not the only idea or trend that has been accelerated over the past couple years or has been slowed down. In many aspects um, of our culture, the normalized ways that we think and live and interact with each other, that has changed too. Yeah, the, the speeding up of things has caused some rapid shifts in the way things happen, the way people think. 
the church has dealt with this in the past. Uh, early Roman times, a Roman emperor would come into power and many of them would look at the church and think that it was so insignificant to not be bothered by it. But half of them would come into power, look at the church and think, these people need exterminated. They would be hunted, they would be killed, tortured, thrown in um, arenas for people's enjoyment as they're torn apart by animals. And, and it, the change would happen Overnight, somebody would come into power and all of a sudden the way you thought life worked stopped working. So I know the church has adjusted to that sort of thing, but it's new for me. I've never, ex I've never experienced the rapid change of something like um, in the last two years. I used to pop in at a hospital for any number of reasons. If you were there for an accident, illness, a baby, anything, I would just pop in. And because I was a pastor, I didn't even have to care about visiting hours. I would just show up and they would let me go see people. And I did this all the time. It was no big deal. But in the last two years, it was discouraged and maybe strong. It was restricted at times. I was receiving emails, do not come to the hospital. Your privileges do not extend here anymore. And after a couple years, all of those restrictions went away. But here's what I've discovered. Now, when I pop in to people, some of them are annoyed that you're there. Like they, like they weren't planning to see you. They didn't like, why didn't you call ahead? Because I've never called ahead. I've never even thought about that. I just show up and it's been no big deal. And here's where it's, here's where it's weird. There are some people who still expect the pop-in and some who are annoyed by it, and I can't tell who's who, right? I can't, I can't, I have any idea. And so you're, I'm trying to walk through the new reality because it has really changed. And I don't, like, I know why, but it's tough. And, and this is the kind of stuff that happened rapidly. Yeah, and I think <coughs> as, as we look at it and navigate it as a church, as, can, as the culture continues to change, the church should be really careful not to adopt the culture, but, but rather adapt to it. Because the culture does have an impact on the church. Research groups like Barna and Pew and Gallup do an excellent job at trying to keep a pulse on the culture, the cultural trends that affect church, like attendance and giving and serving. And they even really get into like specific information as far as attendance goes, like who is attending and how they're attending, right? For example, we know that over the past few years, a church's online presence has become increasingly more important. And so we found a way to adapt to that trend by creating a new role that Luis has stepped into. And as the culture continues to change and shift, our areas of ministry and the way we do church at Waypoint, we will always seek to find ways to point people to Jesus and to help adjust course towards Christ. Uh, as part of that process, Waypoints, uh, we set goals every year. So, um, and we understand, we understand the bigger picture. So I'll, I'll read a section of scripture. This is out of Psalm 127. It's verse one. We know this is true. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. We understand that we will not be successful 
that the things that we want to see accomplished, unless God is blessing, unless God is a part of that, unless we're following after what he's doing, it's not going to happen. But there's still builders and there's still guards. There's still people with roles. And we, we have a role in that. And the only way we know to be able to measure whether we're doing the right things or not is to set goals. The problem is the goals have become hard to set. You're not sure if you're setting a goal that was for a culture that was two years old that's so dated now or if it's still an up-to-date thing. And so we've really wrestled with this. We're, we're still attempting to, but our sessions when we set these have been a struggle at times and we found that setting goals has really become rather tricky. Right, and this conversation around, around vision in the past couple years, I mean, we're, we're up here talking a lot about change. And often when that's the case, um, change can be portrayed in oftentimes a negative way. I think one of the things we're really trying to communicate here isn't, isn't that change is, is this negative thing. It's the fact that change has hit us all fast and hard, like the, the past few years, all of us. And so a positive thing, one positive thing that we've seen in the last couple years is perhaps a stronger connection to family. Uh, we've found that people are currently moving back home or closer to family at a higher rate than ever before. And this is primarily found in young adults, which I think is really neat. Um, some, some change, so there's a positive change. Other changes that we've seen can be rather hard to put a positive light or, or, or a negative spin on um, because it's just change. And one of those is the way that we re have related to each other. The way that we're in relationship with each other has changed. And in the way that people relate to organizations has changed. And so what's interesting is we happen, as Waypoint, as a church, we happen to be an organization that, that relates, that people have to relate with in order to and relate with others. And so this puts us in this really weird space where like people are relating to others differently, people are relating to organizations differently, we do both. So where does that leave us? I remember when I first came to Waypoint. This was, a, this was, it was for the first time over five years ago, and it was right before I had been hired. And so Morgan and I were coming, we're like, yeah, let's go, let's go check this place out. Like they, Blair reached out, he called me out of nowhere, and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll check it out. I have a marketing degree, but you know, who knows? Like, doesn't make any sense, but we'll, we'll go check it out. We already have a church we really like, but we'll, we'll go check it out. So I remember walking in to, to those doors, and right away, just feeling like we were a part of what was going on here. And a part of that was because everyone was so kind and welcoming. And there were even people that recognized us and a few people that kind of, they, they were like, whoa, like, we know you, but you're, we also know you're new. <laughs> and so it was one of those things. And they, they came up and talked to us. They introduced themselves. And it wasn't weird or awkward. They were just friendly. And they welcomed us to Waypoint. And they weren't greeters. Um, cause, but after I was hired, I realized that Blair had told them to come talk to me. Probably not actually. all of them, but some of them. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That didn't happen. What I realized, though, what I did come to find out was that Waypoint, Waypoint is a place where kind and warm and welcoming, hospitable people gather. And uh, that was something that I realized Waypoint was just known for. That and a really awesome student ministry, which is, which is still true. Okay. But what happened then 
is after two years of people being like trained to keep to themselves, like right six feet apart, stay, stay away, you know, kind of that whole thing, we've had less and less interactions with new people. And instead, we've kind of, we've kind of huddled together, right? We, kind of, we, we, we gathered close with family. We found close friends. We built like really strong bonds in that, and those are really good things. But sometimes what I wonder is if we still make people feel the way I did when I first walked through those doors. I don't think we're any less friendly, Waypoint. I really don't. But it could seem that way to people when we tend to stick to our own groups, to our own people. Yeah, all kinds of changes have happened, um, and we've noticed in them in small things and big things. I think the thing that has helped us is despite all of this change that we've seen in the last two years, we have some comfort with this uh, belief. Some things didn't change. Some things um, that are about the way you live, God designed you to have a full and meaningful life if it's a part of who you are and what you do. And uh, we want to talk about three of those things that we think despite all the upheaval has remained consistent. And based on that, it gives us some courage to set direction and to decide, hey, this is where we have to go. So let me give you an example. So in Genesis chapter 2.18, this is stated uh, about Adam. It is not good for a man to be alone. But this wasn't simply about a guy in a garden, the problem that he had. This was about mankind. It was not good for mankind to be alone. There needed to be engagement. If you look at uh, a modern word that's being used for this idea right now, it's the word belonging, and people are writing about it. You can find talks about it. It's all over the place, books, TED Talks, you name it. The value of belonging is being explored like never before. And it's not surprising to me because you were created by God to belong. Belonging found in family, in friends, in coworkers, in teams, all of those places become opportunities for that sense of belonging to happen. And in the last two years, we've seen a few positives where maybe family has gotten stronger. But I would tell you if I were evaluating, I would say all the rest of these were destabilized. Like they took some shots. And I'm not sure that they've recovered completely yet. And, and yet, we've been able to look at this and go, it's very clear that you were designed with the need to belong. God put that in you. So we, we have probably more opportunities now than we've ever had in our life of Waypoint for you to be involved in somebody else's life somehow. It's a choice that you have to make, and we get it. One size doesn't fit all. We understand that. It could be anything from a Bible study to um, a small group to a large group gathering to a, a meal that you have with somebody on a weekly basis. There's all kinds of different variety of things that are out there and available for you to do because, just because, that change happened where people were more isolated, more kind of engaged with their group doesn't mean that your there's not a sense in you where to connect with other people would really fill a need in your life. We're convinced that it's there. 
And um, we think that value jumps out when you understand what God asks from us. So in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, he says this, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact that you're doing. This idea of encouraging and building each other up is a lifetime activity that you as a follower of Jesus will do. It's just who you are. It doesn't matter how much change takes place in our world or at Waypoint. Your need to encourage and to be encouraged is going to remain the same. And so we have all of these opportunities so that you can find a way to encourage and be an encouragement to somebody else. And we think it's, so why? (laughs) Why do we have all of these things going on? Um, it really boils down to that connection. Uh, We believe that that connection is what makes church, um, or at least a part of church, effective. Connecting with others as we connect with God. And, And so we do our best to provide environments and opportunities for everyone to experience this, right? From kids, our kids are out there, like having fun, you know, doing things, crafts, and and engaging, and you've got leaders pouring into those kiddos who aren't their parents, which is such a special thing, to students on Wednesday nights, to young adults and men's and women's ministries, to Bible studies, to groups that just meet for breakfast, um, to groups for young families, and and for the groups for people who are north of 50, right? I knew it, okay? I'm going to crash one of those parties sometimes, okay? I keep hearing really good things about them. I'm going to be there, all right? I'm going to dress up. Morgan's going to, you know, put me in some, some stuff for that. Anyway, um, there's a lot of things going on, and we have a lot of different options because all of us are different. We all experience relationship and connect differently, and God made us that way. We're all going through different seasons of life and experiencing different things, and we believe that God's design for you was in that difference not to be alone and to be, an encouraged, to be encouraged and to be encouraged by others. Uh, to be an encouragement to others, excuse me. We believe that these kinds of connections are so important because they lead to relationship with each other. They lead to to having people in your life that are there for you during the the turbulence, during the difficult times, um, when you need someone to lean on. Um, And they lead to relationships that uh, you have people in your life that are celebrating with you in life's joys and life's victories. Hebrews 10, 24, it says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Like, it's clear that this is something that we help each other do together. We accomplish together. And it continues in verse 25 saying, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. And like, I get that this verse is often sometimes like manipulated or used by pastors to like demand church attendance. And that's really not what this is about. Although church attendance is important, we see the value in it, right? We see the value in gathering together as a church, as a church body and, and being in relationship in that way, right? And being filled up and then going out into the community and filling up the community, right? But at the same time, we see value in that. But this is really about those relationships, This is really about God's design to be in relationship with each other. That's really what that connection is that is is so impactful when it comes to the church. Austin, you will be north of 50 before you know it, so enjoy it while you're there, okay? Um, Still going to crash your party. (laughs) Yeah, might as well. You'll, You'll be able to get used to it then. All right. 
Um, change, these cultural shifts, it doesn't matter what they are. Are you encouraging? Are you being encouragement? There are places for you to do that, and I hope you'll not let the last few years dictate what you do or how you think about that, but you'll find a way to engage with other people. Uh, a second idea that I think has diminished in value over the last two years a great deal. I think partly um, this has happened because the church hasn't always talked about this well. And I think when people uh, got a break from it, maybe they looked at it differently. But here's, here's what I believe, and I still believe it's true. I believe there is still value in you discovering the gifts that God has given you and using them for God's kingdom. I think there's still value in finding a way for you to be a servant of God on stuff that he cares about. Let me read this verse, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Listen to what this says. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful steward of God's grace in its various forms. What you don't see here is each of you should serve because there's a need, and if you don't do it, nobody will. There's often a message of guilt that's presented with all of this. That's not what's here. Do you see what's here? God gives you something, and when you use it, his grace is exercised. You experience God's grace, and other people experience God's grace in a way they couldn't have without you using that special gift. You, you are not the primary receiver of using your gift. I know good things will come to you from doing that, but that's not primarily why you do it. You do it to honor God, and because in so doing, God's grace gets displayed in other people's lives in a way that can't happen without you. And I know serving's hard, but it has become almost a second thought for many people now whose lives are, I know they're busy and, they're, and you're going, 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 but I'm convinced that God wants you to find a way to engage people with the gifts that he's given you. Right, and I'm actually going to be talking about this specific idea of serving briefly next week um, and engaging and extending out into the community. But for today, I just want you guys to grasp this idea that you... Me, like all of us, part of what we were created to do was do. Yeah, like Shia LaBeouf up here, just do it, or Nike or whatever. You know, some of you got that, okay? I didn't. I know, I didn't expect you to. God, it was do. Like Jesus, oh, yes, Jesus begs us, come and see like, come and see, come follow me, like, watch me. But then, but then Jesus charges us to go and be, to extend out, to be not just, to be doers of the word, not only, just, not only hearers. And so whatever it is that you can do, whatever gifts, talents, strengths, skills, passions, there is a place in God's kingdom for, your, for you to do it, and, and you should. You should do it. And it doesn't even have to be at Waypoint, for example. Like, this is, it's just a part of your life. 
Like it should be something that we're just engaged out in the community, serving out of that grace that God has extended to us that we then extend out into the community, right? It's that reflection of God's image through us, through his image bearers. So this, this part of your life, building and growing community and relationships through serving and volunteering, again, it's, just, it's a part of what it means to be made in God's image, to create and partner, share and serve, sacrifice and love. Exercising these things should be a part of what we do because this, in this way, we honor God and we bear his image out into the world. Uh, <clears throat> just to piggyback on, it's why you heard somebody like Mike Steele up here talking about unapologetic men. It's not just at Waypoint, but it is finding a way to engage the gifts that you have in the world for the sake of God. That has not changed. And finding a way to get back to that is going to become important. There's a third thing that we're convinced hasn't changed for us, even though so much underneath our feet has, and this one hasn't. Maybe how we'll do ministry might have to change, but who we're focused on, that has not changed for us, and we don't see it changing anytime soon. Uh, one of the uh, things that got Waypoint started in the first place is the founders gathered and trying to figure out why would we start this. They had this desire to find a way to engage kids and students in a really dynamic and engaging sort of way. And it's not that we didn't care about adults. We have a lot of stuff that's engaged and pointed towards adults. We have this uh, desire to deal with kids at a formative age where we're talking about stuff that's important to them at an age where they can really wrestle through important truths. So our ministry has really been driven by this. If you, if you look at the stuff that we're doing, we have a daycare we uh, had two locations. We just had to restrict it down to one because we couldn't find enough staffing. But now we've got about 70 kids crammed in every corner of this building right now. Um, they're, they're all over the place. We have after-school care where kids come after school and hang out here for a few hours before their parents pick them up. We have a children's ministry that deals with kids fifth grade and down that's trying to help them know God, grow with God, and find a way to show God in their own lives. They're focused on pulling that off. We have high school and middle school ministries. I don't know if you know this or not, but for a church our size, this is weird. We have over 100 kids who come on a Wednesday night on a regular basis every Wednesday. Get this. This is so exciting to me. 40% of those kids, their parents and they do not attend church, but they come to Waypoint's youth group. And they give us a shot and an opportunity in their lives. This is exciting stuff. This is opportunities that we have made part of our mission for a long period of time. And here's what I can tell you. That group experienced massive upheaval in the last two years. If you, if you look at what's being written and said, go talk to a teacher... Uh, they're behind in their classwork, they're behind with language development, they're behind with social skills development because of all the isolation that took place during the, that time. And that group of kids is having it uh, pretty rough. And we're engaged. 
with that group, with a lot of them in that age group. And I don't think that's going to change. In fact, um, this is on our minds so much, I'm going to give you something to pray about. Um, We're trying to decide right now if we should put on an addition to our building because when I said we're in every nook and cranny of the building, I wasn't exaggerating. I was trying to tell you the truth. We have converted our prayer room to an office that also acts as a storage room. Doubt me? Go down in there and look. You could probably fit two or three people in there to pray. But that's it, right? Why? Because we needed every ounce of this place when, when we had stuff brought back in here. I don't know if you know this or not. Um, We try to say yes to as many groups as we can because we're involved in this community. We want to be a part of this community. There's actually a school that's going to be using our space starting in September. um, It's only for three grades, but they're starting because they want to engage that. They asked us, hey, can we use the space? And we found a way to say yes, even though we were crammed out to the gills. Why? Because we're finding a way to invest in the lives of students as often as possible. And we don't know if we should put on an addition or if we should wait. We don't know if we should um, let, like, do this in these kind of economic times. Do we try to wait for prices to come down? We've been told the opposite right now. Said, yeah, raw materials are coming down, but everything else that goes into that, all the energy costs, all the transportation costs are all high. Think the cost isn't coming down, they're actually going to go up over the next six months. I was shocked to hear that. And so we have all of these things that we're looking at, and we're like, do we try to pull a trigger on this? Is this the right timing? Do we wait? Because there's already going to be a lot of change at Waypoint. Do we add more to the plate or not? And we don't know the answer to that. Um, So we're we're just going to ask you to pray with us about this. We're actually going to have plans. I'm going to put some plans out on those white tables in the lookout hall that you can look at the latest set of plans. This is probably the type of building that we would build if we did something like that. And you can check it out, and no decision's been made on it, and you're welcome to give me your thoughts. I don't care. Um, as, as we kind of explore this process, we know who we are going to minister hasn't changed. We really want to be focused on that age group. And so we're trying to be wise about what to do that helps advance that and the right timing. So that's on our minds, and we have been exploring that. Yeah, there are, there are just a lot of things going on. And it's not, again, as I talked about earlier at the beginning, like it's not just here at Waypoint. We're aware of the things going on in your lives too. The change, the life, the loss that you've experienced over the past couple years. And... Um, there's really a lot to, there's a lot of opportunity in that, but there's also a lot to just come to Jesus with. And so I think it'd be fitting for us just to take a second and to just get before the Lord and, uh, and bow and, and, and pray in his presence. And so uh, we're going to do that. We're going to take a second to do that. We're just going to pray together as a church. And so if you guys would, I invite you, actually, I invite you to stand. Let's, let's stand and do this. And um, I know we don't do this very often. You're like, Austin, this is weird. <laughs> but I just invite you guys to stand in this moment with us as we, as we look at the, the turbulence of the past couple years and potential turbulence looking into the future, that we have an opportunity to stand together, to stand on, on what 
what God is doing, not, not just in, in our lives or in Waypoint, but what God is doing in the world by using his people, by partnering with us. So I invite you all to just to pray with me for a second. God, we're just so thankful for who you are, for your wisdom, God, for your peace. I know personally, I'm so grateful for the peace that has, that has been your presence in the last couple years. Despite all the chaos going around, God, there's been peace because of you. And so I just want to pray that over this space and over these people this morning, God, that as we are, are gathering together, looking ahead, looking in the future, looking at potential chaos and change, God, that you remain the same. In all the seasons of life, you created the seasons and yet you remain the same. Despite our aging, the new life, the loss, Jesus, you remain the same. And so we stand in that this morning. We stand in you, Jesus. And we look ahead. We look ahead expecting you to move, expecting you to lead us, Jesus. And so I pray that as, as a community, as a body, as a church, and as, as, as the staff and leadership of this church, that we would be obedient, that we would be discerning of your word and your truth. God, that we would lean on you in the difficult times and that, that we would have ears to hear and eyes to see the direction that you are leading us in. So God, as we look ahead, we trust you. We trust you in the change. We trust you with our future. God, we trust you with our lives. Help us to be a community of people who point people to Jesus, who are a waypoint in a community that helps others adjust course towards Christ, that they would see us, they would see all of our, our messiness, our mistakes, our past failures, and that it, despite that, they see you and what you're doing. So God, we're grateful. We're grateful for that relationship that you have pursued with us. May we pursue it back. This is a challenge for all of us in the room, not just staff. This is a challenge for Waypoint as a whole, for all of us. So we look to you, Jesus. Guide us, lead us, and direct us. Amen. Lots is, lots is going to change. Our mission hasn't. Our focus hasn't. Who God created you to be, to serve, hasn't. And if you're willing, there's a lot of ministry left to do. I hope you'll lean in and join us.